Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of in-the-trenches, tell-it-like-it-is reality therapy for personal, business, and real estate investing success. With your hosts, powerpreneurs, Angela Thomas and Ron Phillips, it's time to get real. Hey, welcome to the Get Real Podcast. This is Angela Thomas, and I am here with Ron Phillips. Hey, Ron. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about uh, stepping up your financial game, and um, we want to kind of help you guys think about, you know, are you the servant or are you the master? And we want you to be really honest about this, Um, you know, in your own life, looking at, are you a a servant to your finances? Are you a servant to a job? Are you a servant to a boss? Um, Or are you the master of everything in your life? Ron, you look like you're going to laugh. What? I'm sorry. I just I, I I had to play a little Depeche Mode. Master and servant. I mean, it's it's a great song. You should oh. all check it out if you haven't. <laughs> I didn't even hear it. I thought you like scraped uh, you your were... hair across the floor. No, no, no. That that was uh, was a little little Master and Servant by Depeche Mode. Nice. Ron has a theme. song for everything. Always a little theme music for today. Thank you for that. <laughs> My pleasure. So so yeah, we want to talk about um, you know. We want you to be thinking about during this whole podcast, are you the servant or are you the master and why? Um, and if you are a servant, how do you change that? And so. of course, get real with yourself today and be honest. Be honest. Think about it. Because things may be going really well for you right now and you can still be the servant and not the master. So which, which one are you really? And... Right. And be real, man. You got to get real with yourself on this topic because this is a really, really critical topic for everything else that we talk about, real estate, success, business, everything we're going to talk about. This yep. is a critical piece because if you screw this one up, here's what happens. Angela, maybe, maybe, maybe you've seen this or experienced this, but oh, oh yeah, when, when you screw up money financially in your life, what happens after that is it takes eats all of your time. So if you're trying to be a spiritual person, if you're trying to be a better husband or wife, father, mother, if you're trying to be just a better human being, if you're trying to serve people, but you're up to debt in your eyeballs or like you're drowning and you cannot figure out what to do, I can tell you what's going to happen. You're going to work, work, work because that's all you can do, which is going to take all of your time and it's going to destroy your spirituality and your family life and everything else. So this is, this is really important. It's not a, a, a light topic. No. And I, I just want to point out really quick. Um, we talked about, you know, setting goals and, and how to define your success in an earlier episode um, and really committing to a goal. And I think that is huge with debt because it is extremely easy. If anyone out there is like me, the few times <laughs> I've let myself get into uh, way more debt than I should have. Um, and you get in this endless cycle. I remember writing down a goal uh, to be out of debt. And I think I wrote it like three years in a row. I'm going to be out of debt this year. I'm going to pay this off. Um, and it never happened. It's so weird. I would keep paying big balances on, you know, pay a big amount that month. And then somehow it would creep back up and I'd end up back where I started between spending and, um, you know, the huge interest rates. So that is super easy to do. You can be running, 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 trying to pay off that credit card debt and it, you just end up 
jogging in place. So um, how do you actually, I mean, the way I changed it one year, I was like, this is ridiculous. I just keep making this same goal. I got to actually take a huge step to fix this this year. I want to get rid of it. Um, Once I did that, I figured out how to consolidate it, get it so it was off that credit card. So it wasn't getting interest anymore and I could just pay it all off on a schedule and then it was gone. Um, And so I just wanted to point out that taking that, you know, taking an actual big step um, to ensure it's going to happen and committing and jumping in with both feet is super important because if it's just a casual goal, like losing weight, you know, it's never going to happen, right? Yeah. (laughs) yeah, And it it can't be casual. This is something you have to attack Um, and and you have to, you have to attack it uh, like, like your life depends on it because your financial life and on everything else. And I think people make the, the, the big mistake of suggesting this is just finances. It's not, it's literally every part of your life is attached to this. I like that. That's great. Every part of your life up. And if you look at, look at, uh, what is it? The number two cause of, of divorce is, is money. I thought it was number one, but yeah, it might be number two. No, I think number one is sex. Which really, what? which really no. leads to, which, which really is, well, or cheating, which really, which really. <laughs> oh, maybe is, it's cheating. Okay. Which is sex. I <laughs> okay. Okay. Man. There's uh, emotional cheating, Ron. Have you not heard of that? Okay. Everything's all. Right. all true. You know, I guess that's true. Way to be a guy. Whatever. No, I'm just kidding. It's the same <laughs> thing. Did, we, this, did this turn into Dr. Ruth? I don't know what just happened. I'm sorry. I don't know either. Let's but number, number one or number two, easy. And usually they're, usually they're correlated they're together. So it's not like one or the other. One usually happens because of the other one. Um, The amount of stress that debt puts on your marriage and your life just, I mean, it can, you know, it can cause you so much stress that you stop sleeping and you don't want to work out and you eat bad. I mean, just, it can affect every single area of your life. It has for me and I'm sure for most of you out there. So. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think, I think anybody who's lived has, has, has learned the hard way about debt, hopefully learned. And then that's the key, right? Because right. what you were saying, Angela, was in order to get out of debt, you got to attack this thing, but you've got to stop thinking that, that debt is the, is the solution. A lot of people think, oh, well, if my, if my income has decreased, I'll just not change my lifestyle. I'll just <laughs> put it on credit cards because that's the solution, right? Uh, because in six months, everything's going to be different. Well, probably in six months, things aren't going to be different unless you do something different. You're not going to be different and which means you're just going to be in debt more and your income is going to be the same, which is going to put even more stress on you. It doesn't work that way. Right. And it's so easy to fall into that trap. I mean, if that is you right now, we've all been there. So um, you just got to make the decision on how you're going to attack it and fix it right now. So it doesn't keep snowballing and getting worse. Like the compound effect, if you're not actively improving your situation and paying off your debt, you know, quickly doing everything you can to, to fix that, then you're, you're most likely going the wrong direction and getting right. in more trouble. So great book, by the way, you should all go get it. The compound effect. Love Eric that. Book. Go get it. And, yeah. And read it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Angela, uh, if we're getting real, do you, I mean, do you want me to tell my story about 2012? Yeah. So coming back to that, um, you know, we were talking about, are you the servant or the master? So you may think that you're the master in some areas of your life. It's easy to get a, you know, a false sense of security and think you are the master. Um, when really 
if, you know, you're only the master if, um, you know, a huge, if you can survive a massive change in your life without, I mean, you know, what would happen if suddenly your job was taken away or, um, you know, you lost all your money on the stock market or, you know, your rental property stopped performing, you know, something big. Um, so I kind of want to talk about that, uh, really define, are you the servant or the master? Um, and, and kind of discuss what would happen if you lost it all. What would happen if, you know, all your security was just ripped out from under you all of a sudden? Yeah. And so. maybe some people out there have, have gone through this and maybe some people out there listening to it, it's, it's happening right now. I mean, maybe you're in the middle of hell right now and, and yeah. you don't know what to do. Um, yeah. And- so your story, Ron, is great for that because you you lived that more than most, I think. Well, and and I, think I watched it. <laughs> it, it. This isn't something that I've, that I've put out there. I mean, most anybody who's done business with, with our company would not know this, right? I mean, it, no. um, it's not something that I, I don't even, very few friends of mine know. It's something I've, I've kind of held close to the vest. But you know what? What's, in, what's the name of this podcast? Let's get real, Ron. Let's get real for a second. So in, in 2012, I had a pretty... Um, well, I, I had a partnership dissolution and in that partnership dissolution, I, I got nothing. I mean, I, I basically, um, I basically walked away with, with zero and, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably enough for where we start. Right. I mean, I, my income was cut off. I had, I had nothing. Um, no assets, no equity. You walked away with nothing, not a nothing. pen, right? <laughs> I got maybe, a pen. Maybe did you got a pen. You did get a pen? Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I was joking, but I'm glad you at least got a pen. Good. I yeah. still have it. Okay. Um, I still use it. And um, it reminds but, me of 2000. It reminds me of 2012, where life as me and my family know it completely changed. And uh, it, when you, when something like that happens, you have a couple of choices. You can curl up behind the toilet and go into fetal position and, and cry and puke and then cry and then puke and cry and puke some more. Um, or you can sit down, you can have a real conversation with your family and go, this is where we're at. Now, this is what we're going to do. And right now I'm going to teach you about what you do in hard situations in life. Um, wow. here, here's the craziest thing too, because this is, this happened at, in, in at Christmas, right? And I told my kids, uh, cause I knew it was coming. I told them, I'm like, Hey, look, uh, Christmas is going to be different this year. We're, we're, we're going from master to servant overnight and we don't have, we're not going to have the same kind of a Christmas as we've had in the past. Um, and in, in, interestingly enough, I got this huge cheering session from my, from my family for my Aww. wife, for my kids was awesome. You know, you can, I don't you, think I knew that part. You can do it. Um, and so we changed things. Here's the other thing that changed for my family. You know, most people that go into a situation like this, they don't, they don't alter their lives. If something dramatic happens on the income side, something dramatic has to happen on the expense side. So what did we do? We, I shut off everything, everything. Cable, Literally everything you could shut off, I shut off. All of the expenses that I could eliminate, I eliminated. 
my Jeep that I loved. You remember my Jeep, Angela? Oh, it was yeah. awesome. I, I remember mean, you sliding under it on a very snowy day. It yeah. Good, good time. Tall I wish I had a video slide. of that to share. <laughs> you can slide two or three people underneath that thing at the same time um, vertically. No, anyway, not intentionally. But. I had a whole bunch of fun. Well, our whole family did. We used to go rock calling up in the canyon, and it was a lot of fun. I had to sell that thing to pay um, my mortgage for three months. Yeah. And, you know, we had some food that we had stored um, for a rainy day. Well, guess what? It started to rain. So we started to eat that and it was not, I mean, it's just not what we were used to, man. I already told, and like, if you've been listening, you already know that I'm a food snob. I'm a hotel snob. Um, well, when that happened, you don't get to be food snob anymore. You don't get to be hotel snob anymore. You don't get to have 250 channels anymore. You don't, you just don't get those kind of things. You, we went down to a one car family, which was I mean, we, I, I hadn't had that in a long time, right? Oh, yeah. But in order to save my home, in order to save my family, and in order to be able to do anything that I needed to do to make money, I had to change things. Now, I, that in and of itself will not save you. So my income shut off, Angela. <laughs> Just, I can't cut, you can't cut all of the expenses out of your life. You, you wanted like electricity and stuff? What? I mean, it's, it's I mean. good. It's good to have that kind of stuff. So what, what do you do when you lose everything? First step is to, is to go just nuts on all of your expenses. But the second thing that you do is you go absolutely crazy on the income side. And what's that look like now? I'm starting over. I have no, I have no money. And... Um, and there was three of us that kind of started this company back up from, from nothing. Um, the story, yep. this, I mean, the story is we should write a book, Angela. It's, it's, it's incredible, really. It is. So what did we do? Angela, Angela, bless her heart. She worked for free for, I don't know how many months. Uh, and even after that made almost nothing. And bought my own MacBook Pro, which I could not afford. Bought our own computer. Could work I mean, for it was, you. No, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was insane what we all did. Yeah. Um, we booked our first sales event because that's how we knew how to make money. So that's what we did. But we, we had no money. So I called a buddy and I said, hey, uh, if you'll pay for the event, like the, the mailer, for the event to get people in the seats, we'll split the profits from the deal 50-50. It was, it was, I mean, it was a big big gamble on his side, but he already knew us and knew we could, knew we could pull it off, but we had nothing to sell. Yeah. So we called, I called another buddy and said, Hey man, if you'll help me buy this real estate over here, um, you know, I'll give you hard money loan rates on it. And then we're going to go down and sell it, um, at this other, at this event we're doing. And then we flew there on points that I had. Marriott points. Uh, Thank you, Marriott. Um, we booked the room that we booked the presentation room. We booked, our hotel rooms and I, I don't share hotel rooms either guys, but I, I shared with uh, the other guy that was there. Angela was the only person who got her own room. But uh, yeah. anyway, he snored. So rough. Oh, so horrible. Oh, <laughs> so horrible. So loud. Yeah. Um, so. But what do you do when you're in that situation? I mean, you pull out all the stops, we pulled out all the stops and we killed it, killed yeah. it. We had an amazing first year. By the end of the year, we were all uh, just- We went from zero to um, $1 million in revenue in one year. 
with three people. Hmm. And, and so, but man, we, we hit it so hard because we had to. And I think that a lot of people, when they, when they, I think a lot of people like skate in this in interim where they think that they're in between servant and master. They haven't mastered anything yet, but they're not the master, but they don't feel like the servant because not the, the crap has not hit the fan yet. And that's kind of where I was. I mean, I was doing really well and life was easy and, and comfortable and overnight I was the servant. The, but the reality, the get real part of this was I was the servant the whole time because I had not set myself up to where when something like that happens, I was okay. That I, I hadn't. And so that's the get real part of this. As you're listening to this right now in your life, things might be going okay. You don't really feel like you've mastered anything, but at the same time, eh, you're comfortable, right? You're yeah, feeling comfortable. You know, so everything's okay until it's not. Now, I am living proof. Angela's been through this. Probably a lot of you out there have been through this. But when you lose everything that you've worked for and given, like, sacrificed, you know, your whole life for, for, you know, in my case, at that point, it was seven years. Um, it's a little bit of a kick to the, to the stomach, you know? And definitely it's hard it's hard to it's hard to claw your way back mm -hmm. but if you hit it with a with a veracity like you've like an intensity that you've never hit it before on both ends of the spectrum on the income and the expenses piece of this you can do it and you can do it in a very short amount of time um i'm, I'm living proof of it right uh, but you but boy you got to eat some humble pie man because i was the face of the company from before everybody who knew me knew me as a very successful person. And now all of a sudden I sold my car and I'm eating, you know, food out of our cupboard from, you know, that, we, that we've had in there for the next like two to three months. It, <laughs> it, it's, it's yeah. a lot of humble pie that you got to eat at the same time as you are actually really um, out there crushing it, trying to make money back right. and not get into debt and not do everything wrong. The second time, it's really easy to go out there and say, Man, we could do this really a whole lot faster and a whole lot bigger, Angela, if we just go get some debt. Yeah. And but, I think a lot of people may have started it that way. Um, but we, we are so against debt. We did not want to do that. Um, so we didn't go out looking for money. We went out and made it ourselves. That's correct. And you could say that, you know, my buddy was, was quote unquote debt um, that did the yeah. mailer, but it wasn't. Yeah. If, if that would have failed, he would have just been out money. He, he made, a, he made a, an educated bet on our success, which is different, right? right? We didn't go borrow money from a bank, and we've never done that. So what we did was we, we, we very consciously put enough money into our pockets so that we could make it and so that, you know, my kids didn't have to eat, you know, stored food anymore. But we weren't eating steak every day. Uh, like, you know, we were before. I mean, we gotta we love that dehydrated ice cream. It's good. So, oh, so yeah. good. So good. Actually, <laughs> the strawberries aren't too bad, but yeah, yeah. Everything else is, is kind of, kind of nasty. Yeah. Yeah. And to, I mean, to put it in perspective, guys, what I was eating was basically the stuff you take camping on a, on a backpacking yeah. trip. That, that's basically what I ate for our, our family. And you're a huge fan of camping. So you had to love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all know you love your camping. Oh, boy, I like to camp at Marriott. That's right. Okay. 
you know. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Get no so thought. anyway, you can do this, right? It's uh, and and I I would suggest to you that you do this now before all hell breaks loose in your life and you have to do what I did. Yeah. I mean, so that's that's the next thing I wanted to say, Ron. So obviously, you know, Ron had huge motivation. I mean, if he would have put his head in the sand and ignored. I mean, ignored the fact he had no money coming in and kept spending the same way he was. I mean, what would have happened? You would have been. Oh, uh, in three months, instead of turning the corner, I would have been losing my house. You would have been like homeless in three months. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty big motivation. But what about, what about those of you out there? And um, this was kind of more my situation where you're, uh, you know, you have debt, you're, you're, you're a servant to your debt and to your, to your job. Um, but but you didn't just lose everything. So you don't quite have the same level of, of motivation that Ron did. And that, you know, if I don't do something, I'm going to be homeless in three months. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big kick in the, in the butt. So, um, for those of you out there that, you know, you, you know, you need to change something with your finances, you know, maybe it's, you need to get out of debt. Um, getting out of debt, just thinking about it, it's just not sexy, you know, like, Hey, I need to get out of debt. Um, (laughs) It's just, you know, you don't want to tell people that. It's not an exciting goal. It's not a sexy thing to say. Um, so I, I think a really big, you know, step for most of you out there that want to make a change is to attach that to an exciting goal. You can't just say, I want to get out of debt. Why do you want to get out of debt? You know, what is the bigger, exciting motivation behind that? For Ron, it was losing his house. But for, for you, it could be something you know, like going on the vacation you've always wanted to, finally buying a investment property that's going to make you, um, you know, passive income cash flow every month uh, or, you know, spending more time with kids because you have your own thing. Something that actually motivates you, being able to help more people. Um, But it's got to be, it's very personal and it's got to be something no one else knows what's going to motivate you, right? You got to figure that out for yourself. Um, and I mean, I think part of, part of mine too, was that there was a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, you know, like I, I had just gotten shoved off the cliff and I was going to come back and, and, and I had to, I had to prove that I could do this better than I could do it with a partner. Hey, that can be motivating. And it, that's a lot of of motivation, right? Um, that only goes so far, you know, that didn't, that didn't take me. Um, too far, but there was a little bit of that in there, right? So, because after, after you start making enough money that you don't have to eat nasty food anymore and you're not going to lose your house, what's the motivation to get to the next level? And then what's the next motivation to get to the next level and to the next level? Right. And, and I, you and have I, to keep re yeah, figuring that yeah, out. You're right. right. You, you have to always have something out there that is, that is sexier than, and more <laughs> motivating to you than whatever the menial tasks are that you have to do to be able to get it. Right. Right. Making more money or getting out of debt. I mean, that's only so, I mean, it's really not motivating without anything behind it, you know? No. And I think that's another misconception out there. I think a lot of people think that they're motivated by money and they're, they're not. I've actually only met two people in my life that were legitimately motivated by money, the accumulation of money for no other reason than accumulating money. Just to have it like, um, like Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have said that. I'm just much, but, um, <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, I think most people think that they're motivated by money, but if you peel the layers back, there's something behind the, the, the desire to have that money. That's the piece that you've got to connect with. 
right? Right. Why, why do I want the money? What is it that I'm going to do with the money? And then I think the next layer is, well, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy a bigger house or, or I really want that Lamborghini or, or whatever. And let me tell you what happens as soon as you have the money to be able to buy the big house and the Lamborghini, it, it completely, it's just, it's not enough to keep you going. And then you don't really want more toys. What you really want is what you really wanted all along, which is time, time to be able to do, you know, whatever you want to do, hang out with your family, be able to vacation with your family, be able to serve at your church or, you know, whatever it is that, that you want to do. Having your finances in order gives you options that you didn't have before. That's why I think a great, um, a great exercise that I know we've both done to help you kind of figure out what you want to do with your time, what your real motivation is, what your why is. Um, I think it's called the perfect day. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah. Where you list out, you know, just your, what you want your perfect normal day to look like from beginning to end, all the details, how you want to spend your time. Um, It sounds kind of funny if you haven't done it. And not how you have to how you want to. That's why it's right. perfect, the perfect day. Perfect right? day. You want to. And you detail everything like, you know, how you're going to wake up and what you're doing for lunch and what you, I mean, every hour in between. And it, it and really, it's a, yeah. Who are you, who are you hanging out with? Yeah. Um, it it kind of helps you get to know yourself better. If you haven't done that, I would look it up and, um, and do it yeah, for yourself. There's a ton of books that have the perfect day in them. If you do a Google search, you'll find books, but you'll also just find, um, you'll just find articles on it um, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a great exercise. Take a few minutes and do it. If you haven't, it's awesome. Yeah. So. And then take that and put it into a week. And what you're going to find is there's not a whole lot of time in there for work, which means you've got to be, if you want that kind of a life, you have to learn how to, um, you've got to learn how to, I don't know, replicate yourself, I guess. Yeah, you're skipping down here to number three, connecting oh, your time with money. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. We can skip to that one because um, if you want to talk about that, you know, time is money and money is time. Um, the most valuable thing that you possess is not money, really. Like we talked about, it's actually, it's actually time. Um, so, you know, one of the most important things with figuring out your finances is figuring out how to increase the amount of money you get for your time or ultimately to make money without investing time, right? Um, and then also that money is time. So um, you can actually use money once you have it to buy yourself more time. Like Ron was saying, you can replicate yourself um, in your business. You can pay someone else to do you know, some of your work for you. That yard work you're spending hours on, um, if somebody does that, then that puts more money in your pocket. Um, obviously, you got to already have money to get to that point. But um, one of the you know, most important things to get your finances under control is figuring out how to, um, how to make more of the time you have. You, we only have so many hours. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I gave a, I was honored enough to have some time to, to speak at the Collective Genius Mastermind, which is by far and away, um, the, the country's best real estate mastermind. Uh, and I owe a lot of my success to Jason Medley. This is, I, I, that's actually not in our notes, but I, I thought I'd talk about 
this really quick because one of the things that I talked about in that when I was, when I was able to talk to the group was that I, I, I calculate my net, my, you know, when you, when you calculate your, um, your net on a year, it's income minus expenses gives you your, your net operating income, right? right? Well, mine's a little different because I do income minus expenses plus time. So if I can get time back or if I can buy more time, I calculate that into my returns now because a return that takes, like if, if I can make a, a little bit less money, but I get more time, that's worth, the return is sig- substantially more to me because I value time now more than I value money. And ultimately you'll get to the place where that, that's how it is. And, and, I, and I do. And what I, what I encouraged all of them to do was to think about, because everything that you do in life, in order for you to grow something over here, you have to sacrifice something somewhere else because you only have so much time. And where you can actually in, invest your time and it can multiply your efforts. In other words, you're augmenting yourself, like Angela was just saying, that investment's worth more money because it's okay. giving you time back that, that you wouldn't have had. We all have the same amount of time, but some people can get 10, 100 times done what other people do in the same amount of time and still spend a lot of time with their family and their friends. And you wonder how they do it. Well, how they do it is by cloning themselves or putting more of that out there and or choosing uh, to spend their time on investments or on businesses where, um, where they have the same effect, right? Where there's more right. return in time and money than there is just in money. Right. I don't mm-hmm. know if that made any sense. Hopefully it did. It did to me, but we think too much alike sometimes. So, <laughs> well, if it didn't, uh, just make a note in the in the yeah yeah. Let us know if it and, if it didn't we'll, make sense. We'll revisit it. It's because it's a it's a critically important. At some point in your business life or your investing life, you're going to come to the conclusion that working eighty to ninety hours and making a ton of money is not all it's cracked up to be. Right, and that that's another point, real quick. I'm I don't know if we hit on this, but um, you know, if you are you know, still kind of a servant to a, to an hourly job. Um, you know, working more hours is not a long-term solution. That means you sacrifice what really matters to you. You sacrifice time with your family, maybe your marriage, your, um, your hobbies, you know, things that you really want to do, your sleeping, all that. So, um, you need to figure out how to maximize that time any way you can. So if you're in a job, you know, you need to figure out how to get that raised, maybe move to a different company that values you more, um, get a higher paying job. And then, you know, if you work for yourself, looking for ways to give more value uh, to, to be worth more hourly um, until you get more and more efficient and are able to actually duplicate yourself and to invest in other people that can help um, duplicate your time and, and um, make your effective hourly rate go up. And then like Ron was talking about, the ultimate way to do that is with, you know, investments, right? Investing in a business or passive income investments um, because those require very little time. Yeah. Don't put yourself in a position like I did where everything that you've been working for for the last however many years can be ripped away from you, you know, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. Don't, don't right. put yourself in that position, right? So if you are in a, if you are in a place where you have to work hours for your pay 
make sure that you're investing so that in the event that that happens to you, you don't have the same thing that happened to me, right? right. Or you have options and choices. Don't, don't listen to bad advice that puts you in more and more debt with a bigger and bigger house so that you can get a bigger tax write-off. You know what I mean? I mean, you got to be smart about this stuff. Make sure that make sure that you put yourself in a position where you can win, no matter what happens with your job, with your partnership, or with any of those things that you don't have any control over, really. And right. be honest with yourself whether or not you have control over them. You know, because it was a it was a big badge that I wore around that I was that I was partners, right? That I had. Yeah. But yeah. when it when it comes to push and shove, well, that doesn't mean anything. Right. You were right. an owner. Most people would think that's, I mean, I would think that's, you know, one of the highest securities you could get. Um, but as you learned, uh, it can be ripped out from under you. So if you would have had a few more, you know, backups and um, out there, you would have been, you would have been okay. So, yep. so be really honest with yourself, get real about, you know, where you are in your life. Um, and these steps, these things we talked about, um, can hopefully help you evaluate that better. Go do the perfect day exercise if you haven't done that. Figure out what motivates you. Um, and remember that, you know, you have to make that that real decision and jump all in to make these changes in your financial life. It's not just going to happen by writing it down and, and hoping. So, Yeah, so no matter what stage you're in, right? I mean, if, if you're the person who is, who's, who's working and is just completely buried in debt, okay. It's the same thing as the guy who just lost everything when they were a partner. And it's the same exact thing as a person who's working 80 to 90 hours a week, barely getting by making a million dollars a year. There's right. not a whole lot of difference with how you attack these problems. It's the same thing. You're just going to have to attack it from your, your perspective right now and then move forward. The most important thing, though, is to do what Angela says. Just you, you got to make a decision to do it and get angry. Or make a decision and, up or whatever, whatever, yeah. what is that? An adjective, Angela, whatever <laughs> adjective or adverb you want to, uh, let's not get into English right now. I don't oh know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> whichever on. it is, you just go choose whichever one you want. Um, there's going to be a comment now. Yeah. I, and you guys just let us know which it I is. I know there's going right? to be like some grammar Nazi out there is going to be like, come on, Ron, it's this. Uh, we should probably warn the grammar Nazis that grammar Nazis better just stay away from this show because we're yeah, going to screw it not, up again. <laughs> it's not going to be the only time. All right. <laughs> it's not planned. That was not a planned comment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, but the you, point so was. And then, you, and then you get out there and you, yep. you got to kick it in the pants. And today is a great day to start. So get started. Oh, it's not Monday? I thought it was Monday is when you start everything. Diets, exercise yeah, you, programs. You wait for Monday. But then always if something gets in your way on Monday, always wait for, the next wait Monday. for Monday. And then if you wake up and you're sick on Monday or you don't feel good or whatever, you put you it off. Start next Monday. That's what you do, right? Yeah, that'll get you there. All totally. successful people do it that way. That's that's the way you should do it. Yeah. So, you know. Thanks for that, Ron. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Anybody get started. Who thought today. that was serious and couldn't, like, couldn't get through the complete layer of, of sarcasm that was there. That's, that's not what you do. We're not Start serious. Today, like Angela said originally. If today is Tuesday, get started today. All right. Correct. Um, and you know, if you have any comments about uh, the show today or any, uh, you know, ideas for future topics that you'd like to hear about, uh, please visit getrealestatesuccess.com. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast, give us any feedback you have um, and let us know how we're doing. 
And we will look forward to, uh, to seeing you guys on the next show. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Ron. See ya. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.